It's time for the Fanatics Miami Dolphins podcast on the Fanatics Network. Welcome back to the Fanatics Miami Dolphins podcast on the Fanatics Network. I am your host, the legendary Savak. I am joined, of course, by one of my fellow co-hosts from up north and a very special guest, but more on them in a second. First, make sure you, if you're not subscribed to us, to the Fanatics Network or the Fanatics Miami Dolphins podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, other places where podcasts are found, Please go on there and subscribe. We do what we do for all of you. So please go leave us a nice review. If you're not currently following us on YouTube, get on there and do it. YouTube.com forward slash Finn Addicts Network. And of course, follow us on Twitter at Finn underscore Addicts. And don't forget the hotline. Now we love hearing from you guys. Feel free, call in, text, ask our guests questions, give us feedback, call in with Miami takes. I mean, really, whatever, dude. We'll play it on the show. Seriously. Number is 786-309-7558. One more time, 786-309-7558. Now, without further ado, Brian, how you doing today? So first off, I have to, I'm doing really good, Savak. Thank you. It's great to be here talking to you two beautiful gentlemen about Miami Dolphin football. So glad we get to do that. But I do have to say something about the hotline. We have learned today that Savak has a WWE John Cena championship belt. And I do not know if he has earned this belt. So if you think you can challenge him and take that belt, maybe you call the hotline, you challenge Savak, we get some action going. We get, we, we get, a, you know, Gronkowski went back to football, so there's no longer a 24-7 champion. So maybe, maybe that's how we handle that one. Um, but I'm doing really good. We have a poll today. Um, our poll today is how many rookies will start on the O-line for the majority of the Miami Dolphins season with drafting Jackson, Hunt, and Kinley? Um, we'll come back to that. And I do, I do have to make a formal apology. It was brought to my attention yesterday on Twitter that about a year ago, around the Laramie Tunsil trade, uh, PFN broke that story long before anyone else did. And uh, I did not think it was credible. And I made a comment that, you know, no one else has made, no one else is, no other credible sources reporting this. So, I, I doubt that it's true. It ended up being so true. Uh, they killed that story. Um, I believe it was Tony Pauline that, that broke that story. Unbelievable. Um, I apologize back at that time, but for whatever reason, somebody at BFN brought that back up last night, and I just want to formally apologize to them again. And uh, I do also want to welcome in our guest. We have a great guest today. Um, he's another... Miami Dolphins podcaster. He has been so helpful with us starting our podcast and um, uh, a great mentor whenever we've had questions. So without further ado, I'll let Savak uh, introduce our guest. Of course, the all pro diaper changer, the man himself, the man, the myth, the legend with the Jesus hair, 
Josh Houts of the Finsider. Welcome, Josh. How you doing? I'm doing great, guys. I'm excited to talk Dolphins football with you guys. Uh, that, that was an amazing introduction. That was perfect. Uh, you mentioned Larry Tunsil. It's funny because I actually got his helmet signed a week before that happened, so I'm a freaking jinx. And thanks again for having <laughs> me on the show. I'm looking forward to talking Dolphins football, but I'm not, I'm not worthy of those words you guys said. <laughs> <laughs> Do not ask Austin Jackson or Tua for an autograph helmet then. I, I already got the Tua one, so. Oh, no. I'm, I had to. I had to. I'm sorry. <laughs> Completely understandable. Let's just hope for the best. Fingers crossed, gentlemen. So, Josh, we know you host the Finsider podcast, but you do a whole bunch of other stuff. Can you fill us in on some of that? Yeah, so besides Finsider, I also uh, write for Five Reasons Sports. I uh, do some fantasy work over at Pro Football Network, and then I write about video games, mostly Madden for Operation Sports. So that's everything that I do. Uh, you're probably annoyed with me by now, but I'm just going to keep doing it. <laughs> and I think means. Dave Hyde uh, quoted one of your tweets yesterday and put it in the Palm Beach Post, if I'm not mistaken, yesterday. Yeah, uh, Joe Schott, I think uh, he, Joe he, Schott, took, I'm he sorry. took my Malcolm Perry, one of my tweets, and he did that a lot last year, too. So that's pretty cool, and I, I appreciate Joe and – He's come on the Finsider podcast, and as you guys know, he's a real professional, so that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's wicked. In fact, we just spoke to him not too long ago. Well, I personally didn't, but <laughs> he was on the show, though. We were happy to have him. It was pretty cool. Now, I, we have to ask, because you're a Dolphins fan, we have to ask every Dolphin fan we have, how did you become a Dolphin fan? Yeah, I think I told Brian before, and I've said it on Twitter a couple times, but when I was in first grade, I had a Bernie Kosar card for whatever reason. I traded it for an O.J. McDuffie card, and from there on, I just became a Dolphins fan. I mean, once you choose the Dolphins, whether it's because of the logo, the colors, or Dan Marino, of course, I mean, there's no turning back. And it says a lot when you're up here in, in the middle of Pennsylvania, surrounded by Steeler fans and, and Eagle fans. So um, I'm a Dolphin fan, and for better or worse. <laughs> Oh, bro, that is wicked. And of course, now I feel kind of foolish because I do actually remember you saying that exact quote when we had OJ McDuffie on the show and you telling that story. That's awesome, though. So, of course, having the inside access that you have, you get to be in on the Dolphin Zoom pressers. What have been your takeaways from them? To me, it's just that these players are young and they're hungry and they're going out there each and every day and, you know, doing what they have to do that they're studying the playbook and they're going out there and it's translating to the field. It sounds like they're playing hard and everyone's just hungry to get out there and play football. So that's what I'm taking away from it. It's an awesome experience. And I'm just thankful for the Finsider and five reason sports for allowing me to do it because I mean, I, again, I'm up here in Pennsylvania. This isn't something I'm, I'm very accustomed to. <laughs> Absolutely. So I guess that takes us right on into the team and into training camp. So as, as we all learned, we finally we get to open on a positive note. Preston Williams returned to practice. We were all very thankful for that. And per Flores, he, uh, he did indicate that there is a plan for him. Looks like they have him on kind of a load management type of deal, resting the knee a bit. And he was not returning punts today as Matt Cole, Chester Rogers, and Jakeem Grant took over those duties per Armando what are your thoughts on all of that? Uh, for me, I mean, I was always against Pe Preston Williams being out there in return duties. I kind of thought he was going to be a special wide receiver, and I got to give credit to Chris Kaufman of Three Yards Per Carry because he's the first guy that kind of brought me on to Preston Williams. And, you know, once you put on the tape, you can see how good he was. Uh, translated to, to his rookie season, unfortunately suffered that injury. But, you know, I'm excited to see him go out there, and I'm glad they're taking it one day at a time. But 
uh, you know, Preston Williams is a real deal, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, you got any thoughts for that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We, we talked about this yesterday on the show. I was this close to the edge jumping off when uh, Preston Williams wasn't there and I was hearing he was returning punts. Uh, I was scared that it was an injury. Very, very grateful that it was not an injury. More grateful that he's not returning punts today. He has no business doing that. Um, he did have, you know, a few catches today. I guess he 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 mossed uh, Noah Igben, Igbenogany. Did I nail that? Did I hit that? Yes. Yeah, cool. Nailed it. Perfect. So, so glad to see, you know, Preston Williams is back doing Preston Williams things and not returning punts. Mm -hmm. I know we spoke at great length about it yesterday. So everybody's kind of relieved that he's no longer doing that. I'm sure coach Flo just wanted to get a feel for everybody out there just to make sure that he's putting the right pieces in the right places, but still would much rather he was not doing that. So fast forwarding anyways, we will, we heard this. We're just going to touch on this real quick that week one, there will be no fans in new England, but per CBS NFL or the NFL may pump crowd noise in to the stadiums. Uh, I am a little curious though about one thing, which is if they do allow that to happen, how do they monitor? How do they control what the volume level is and how high will they be allowed to make it? You know, uh, I, I did say we weren't going to talk too much about this, but I do have to weigh in on it a little bit because I actually, so my nephew has season tickets to the Patriots and uh, you know, I've gone a few times with them. It usually resulted in a loss. Uh, it stopped me from wanting to go there. The last time I went was when Brady was suspended and uh, you know, Tannehill almost led us back to that impressive victory, but it's really kept me from going. And this year I was all about it, you know, I was going to go see Stidham uh, be quarterback. I was all excited about it. So a little bummed I don't get to go there, but it's, it's kind of cool. You know, we're get, we get to go up to New England in the warmth without the winter, without the, with the crazy New England fans. So it basically takes away a home game from New England and, uh, you know, levels of playing field a little bit more for uh, Miami. Yeah. I, uh, I actually watched Bundesliga soccer and they pump in the crowd noise for that. So, it's going to be interesting to see the way it translates. And we know that wasn't it the Atlanta Falcons. Didn't they get uh, penalized for pumping in crown noise a few years ago? So uh, they should be right up their alley. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Like I told you guys before we came on, it'd be awesome for us to be able to purchase a cardboard cutout of our faces for, you know, a, a Patriots game to be in, in attendance for that Dolphins week one game. That'd be funny. Did you see what they're, what they're doing in the NBA is you can go to like their app and you like tap something and that, that makes – like an applause noise. So like really? it kind of <laughs> makes some crowd noise that way. So maybe they'll get creative with it. There needs to be some noise. I don't think they should get an unfair advantage, whether to like, you know, Blair and Metallica. So nobody <laughs> can hear, but, right. but let's get, let's get some noise in there. So it's not just, although it would be kind of funny to hear the cursing and the, you know, some of the guys that talk smack. Uh, we I would a, love that, but that'd be yeah. a nightmare for the TV station. We're, yeah, we're going to hear a lot of stuff that we shouldn't. <laughs> Christian Wilkins uh, would be somebody I'd really like to hear if there was no noise. For sure. <laughs> so I have to ask, since you, you mentioned Bundesliga, who's your team? 
Dortmund. And the only reason I kind of got into Bundesliga was because my wife and I went there for our honeymoon over to Germany. So I, I didn't get to go to a actual Bundesliga game. I got tickets to a Bundesliga too. So I got to go to Bayern Munich stadium, but Dortmund's been my team ever since I looked it up and you know, they kind of been the dolphins. They, they get close and they, they just can't win a championship. <laughs> That's funny. You're going to go see, you're going to go over to my team stadium. I'm a Bayern Munich guy myself. There you go. Nice. <laughs> Oh, that's red. So we found out Beagle went on IR today. Terrible news. I mean, that's really unfortunate. But per the press conference, Flo likes what Van Ginkle has been doing, and he's gotten a lot stronger, and he does a lot of things that Beagle does well. So it seems that he's the front runner to take over for Vince. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, what, what do you think, Brian? What, what, we're talking about AVG, right? We're talking about his, uh, you know, him being stronger this off season and, you know, Flores, they were saying good things about him. And when you hear that, it, it kind of gets you pumped up and excited. So I'm excited to see what he does in year two. Um, but I thought AVG, you know, he kind of put it on there towards the end and he reminds you a lot of Vince Beagle. So let's just hope it translates on game day. Yeah, I agree. He's a little bit faster and he's a little bit bigger than Beagle. Uh, I was excited when we drafted him. A lot of people didn't love the pick. Uh, whenever we draft, whenever the Miami Dolphins draft a linebacker in the fifth round, it just you gotta love it because that's where Zach Thomas, Zach Thomas was picked. Very true. But yeah, you know he was coming on late. He he looks a lot like Beagle. I think he's he's perfect for that kind of New England Patriots uh, coming off the edge roll. Uh, you know, hopefully he can have the impact that Beagle had and that he was starting to have at the end of last year. I think he just really, it just really, you know, he got injured early. He missed a lot of training camp. You know, he didn't get to do the full workouts at, you know, becoming a professional athlete, but he obviously took it serious this offseason. So I'm excited to see what Van Ginkle brings this year. Mm -hmm. now, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't want to take over, but I just wanted to ask you guys if you thought, uh, you know, the Dolphins, you heard the report about Yannick. I can't even pronounce his last name. Uh, the pass Akwe, rusher, I think. Yeah, the pass rusher from Jacksonville. You heard they might be moving him for a second round pick. Uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, maybe the Dolphins going out there and getting that done? Well, personally, uh, I guess it depends. You know, it depends on, on a number of factors. I don't think we necessarily need him, but I'm always in favor of bringing in good talent. Oh, sure. Brian? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm so torn on this, and I have been since the beginning. I want him because I want that that stud D end. Uh, but he scares me a little bit because he has put up great numbers, but look at who he's played with. You know, like, you guys you guys might be a little bit too young for this, but Adelai Gunglier had, what, 16 and a half sacks when he lined up on the opposite side of Jason Taylor. You know, Trace Armstrong made a pro, went all pro when he lined up on the opposite side of Jason Taylor. So what is, is Yannick that guy? Can he carry the team? Or is that more Cleus Campbell? Is that more, you know, some of the other guys that Jacksonville had in that defense? So uh, I wouldn't hate it though. You know, uh, we, you can't have enough DNs. You know, you just can't have enough DNs. I suppose that is a, a good question to raise, though, is who was actually the one that was creating the opportunities for everybody to get those sacks. But, I mean, 37 and a half sacks in, what is that, five seasons or four seasons? That's not bad. And I do have kind of a, a little bit more background on him specifically because I, I actually live in Jacksonville, moved up here 
2017. So same season they went to the AFC championship game. And I liked what I saw from him. So, of course, if we can get him and it doesn't cost us an arm and a leg, I would not be mad at it. But at the same time, don't think we need him either. So wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't, I wouldn't lose any sleep at night if he didn't come down. The one thing scary, too, about the draft next year is, A, we don't know if there's really going to be college football. Some of these, these conferences are saying they're, they're, they will be playing. Uh, I'm skeptical about that. The Big Ten is going to be playing in spring, so nobody worthy of the draft is going to be playing. So it's going to be a much bigger crapshoot than it normally is with these draft picks next year, trying to figure out who who is worthy of those picks. So, you know, maybe if we throw a, a second to Jacksonville for a proven NFL vet, uh, we have to pay him a little bit more. But, you know, we have – we have a couple quarterbacks under contract for the next few years and aren't going to take a lot of our cap space. So maybe it's the time to go after a guy like Yannick. Yeah. And I think if you go after him, you know, he's, they're going to have to pay him because he's, he wants that big deal, but he's worth, I think he's worth it. He's young. And I think the dolphins, they do have two second round picks, if I'm not mistaken. So you bring up a great point about how they're going to be handicapped, you know, this off season, trying to get, get a good understanding of what these prospects are and we'll see how it plays out. But I, I, I could definitely see the Dolphins doing it if Brian Flores, you know, wanted to, to, to make that defense a real juggernaut. And after this Vince Beagle thing, maybe he does. Can't argue with that. And you know what? Wouldn't be giving up too much anyways. Like you said, a second-round pick for a proven NFL, NFL vet, and he's only 25. So Damn. might actually this be might, the right move. Yeah. This might be a better question for Josh. Is he – uh, a good scheme fit for us though is he he's more of a four three straight d end do you see him uh coming over to you know the i don't even know what you call flores is a defense right, yeah. amoeba defense does he fit perfectly there or i mean i guess the verdict's still out on that but to me i think you kind of we kind of see with brian flores his whole mo is just bringing in these young guys that are hungry that love football and can play multiple positions and i'm not so sure like you were saying uh maybe he showcased that at jacksonville but at 25 years old i mean he has those pass rush skills he can set the edge a little bit i mean i think uh you know he is one of those playmakers on in on the defensive side of the football that you know can change a game like uh savage said you know you're not going to lose sleep over it if the trade doesn't go down. But if it happens, I mean, we're all going to be pretty damn excited. Mm -hmm. I just want to toss in one thing per what you were saying earlier, Brian. Uh, You're right. In 2017 was his biggest season, 12 sacks. However, in the next two seasons after that, he had nine and a half sacks and then eight sacks. So still pretty damn good, especially compared to what we had in Miami last year. Still leading the Dolphins, right? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, let's take a look at the offensive side of the ball. Per Safid, is that how you pronounce his name? I believe so, yeah. but I'm terrible at it. Brian will tell you. <laughs> I can't even say Burns for cr- – I can't swear. I don't know if I can swear. But, but, swear yeah, away. I, if, I could, if I could butcher that, I mean, damn, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, is, it is all good. But <laughs> per him anyways, he said Tua had a, more of a limited role today but did hit Kirk Merritt on a seam route about 20 to 25 yards into double coverage. And Armando has said that Tua is 13 of 13 through two days. So what are your thoughts on that, on how he's progressing? 
perfection. That's what it sounds like to me. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, we hear from different beat writers, different sides of these things. And, and I think Flores himself even said, you know, I'll have a, a good throw and a good read, and then I'll come back and I'll have a bad throw and a bad read. So, I mean, he's a rookie, and I'm not going to go crazy like some fans are. And, you know, Josh Rosen's the guy now. I mean, I was a huge Josh Rosen supporter. Maybe we'll get in that at, an, at another time. But for me, I'm excited for what's happening 13 to 13, but they're, they're just in what, sh- shorts and, and pads. So uh, we'll see what happens when the game comes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's the third practice. The, the, the other thing I heard today that I really liked, I think it was from Cameron Wolf, was uh, the head movement, the, the being able to look off the, the defenders already and the, the kind of the jerking of the head at the last second when, he, when he's throwing the ball. He's got a lot to learn. It's so funny to me. There was a lot of talk from different national reporters today that Fitzpatrick is probably going to be the starter week one. Yeah, you got that yeah. notification on your phone too, right? And I was like, yeah. dude, we knew this like months ago. <laughs> we, we knew this when they when they hired Chan Gailey in February. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Fitzpatrick is getting this job for the first month of the season, I, you know, outside of a major injury or a major miracle you know with all the things of covid uh that's even put it harder for him to make a make a, a run at it but i'm i'm perfectly good letting fitzpatrick let this o-line gel um but it's funny you know like there hasn't been any negative there's been no negative talk of tua of he's done anything bad in practice he hasn't thrown an interception he, you know, he fumbled from Dieter, who's never played center before, but there's been no, there's been nothing bad. Um, they actually got praised today for, for throwing the ball away and not taking a hit. Um, but, you know, like he's done nothing bad, but they're, they're, they're kind of speaking almost negatively about it because, you know, he hasn't walked on water <laughs> on practice three. <laughs> so... Well, it's true. He hasn't come floating down from the heavens and given himself the, the starting crown and stuff. But I agree with you, Josh. I mean, he's, he's a rookie and he's doing what rookies do in their first training camp. He's getting acclimated. So I don't think any of that news is particularly worth worrying about or blowing out of proportion. Now, no, of course, pe- people are going to do it anyway. And, you know, it- I think we can all agree, though, we're excited. When we hear he's 13 to 13, we know how pointless and meaningless it is, but it gets you excited. You know, you want to run through a freaking wall. This is Tua. <laughs> they, they got Tua, and he, he's perfect in practice. I mean, yeah. we know how meaningless it is, but it's, it's freaking awesome. It's still great news. I mean, up there in Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, you know, he's had some fumbles and interceptions and things going, you know, not necessarily according to plan. So it's just nice to hear. For sure. So, of course, that moves us to the players that were not at practice today. Aside from Beagle, we were also missing Xavier Howard and Sam McGuavin, both due to being on the COVID-19 list. Um, That that was per Armando. So, do you think that's a big deal? Yeah, I mean, the the verdict's still out on on Howard if it's just – if it's just COVID, if it's a knee, if it's load management, what it's going to, what it's going to be a Guavin going on the COVID-19 list, you know, that's just going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. we have currently have two players on the COVID-19 list. It's not bad. I think that brings the NFL number up to 13 uh, and much rather have these guys on the COVID-19 list in, 
in uh, August, then September, and in October, and you know, so I yeah, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's unfortunate about you know Eggman going on the the reserve list, but he'll be back. And like you said, it's just part of the 2020 season. As for Xavier Howard, I mean, you kind of got to wonder if these coaches, and it's pure speculation, but. Did they kind of foresee this? Is that why they drafted Noah Igbenogany? I mean, besides from his skill set and how this dude just absolutely freaking collects. You know, he's like when you're a little kid, and I don't know if you guys collect the Pokemon cards or something, but, you know, this dude's out here just collecting all these defensive backs like they're Pokemon cards, and he just invested a first-round <laughs> pick in, in Noah Igbenogany. And now, it, I mean, it, it, I know Nick Needham's going to challenge him, and I'm excited for that battle. But as of right now, it seems like Igbenogany, you know, he's out there, he's feisty as hell, and he's probably going to be that starting corner if Howard's out. So, I think they got to take it slow with Howard because it's the 2020 season. And I think that would be my mindset with two or any of these guys, because for me, it's always been about the 2021 season. And, you know, that was before the world turned to hell and it's unfortunate. And I just hope, you know, everything comes back together, but that's just my thoughts on the situation. Mm-hmm. Likewise. I know it's kind of a strange time and For sure, but I felt the same exact way. I, I felt that way from the moment they drafted Igbenogany and like, maybe there's something else there that we're not quite seeing. There's a possibility that Xavier won't be ready for the start of the season, but who knows? We All we can do is hope for the best and be happy that we have the depth that we have. I mean, this is, this is great. We haven't been in a position like this in quite some time. That's why I have loved our front office staff and our coaching staff because most of them come from a background of scouting to us finding these little hidden gems and i hope that we can uh continue to reap the rewards from that it's uncanny i think uh i think we're four days in a row on that same take that josh just said i think dave hyde said it i think uh joe shod said it uh Savak said it yesterday and now how said it today so uh, we'll see we'll see if cameron wolf says the same exact thing uh tomorrow i was real i was really hopeful that wasn't the case i was you know i definitely saw that though he, he projects as a slot corner, uh, but he has the ability to definitely be an outside corner. He's big and he's physical and he can play press coverage. So, um, but, you know, I, 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 I want Howard out there so bad because when he's out there, it's a, it's a different ball game, you know? So, but hopefully, hopefully it, it wasn't foreshadowing. Hopefully it was just because, uh, they saw Sam Madison, Patrick Sertain, and uh, Terrell Buckley, and they wanted to, to bring oh, yeah. that back. <laughs> oh, yeah, I support that. <laughs> and I, I have that image, though, because I'm with you, Brian. I think we all want Howard to be out there. I've got that image firmly burned on my brain of him picking off Brady. That was so wonderful, and I will remember that for the rest of my life. <laughs> what a beautiful game. So I guess let's look at the offensive line. So we've been seeing that these rookies have been getting a number of reps in the starting lineup with Solomon Kinley, or yeah, that's his name, right? Yeah, Solomon. Yeah, he's getting the majority of starting reps at right guard with Hunt getting reps at guard and tackle. And Hunt has looked good at right tackle. Got a rare win versus Ogba per Travis Wingfield. I guess we can use that to segue into the poll. Which was, Brian, if you would like to take it away. Yep. How many rookies will start on the O-line for the majority of the season with drafting Jackson, Hunt, and Kinley? Uh, so let you, let's, let's have you guys weigh in on that. Maybe we'll, we'll fight this over for the two belts you guys own and see who, who gets this right. Where, where do you guys think? 
how many rookies will be starting for the majority of the, of the year? I got two. two two's my uh, safe, safe guess. Two of the three. I said the same exact thing. See, I'm just copying him. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> That's unintentional. Both of those were unintentional. I know it. So tw- Twitter agrees <laughs> with both of you at 60%, but I honestly believe it's uh, all three, which was second at 32.8. Uh, Kinley, you know, he was the wild card if he was going to get in there, and he's been getting the majority of the snaps at right guard. Um, we all remember last year we fired – our off or our offensive line coach like two weeks in a camp because he wouldn't play the rookie beater. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, with, with Fitzpatrick starting the, the season, I think he's going to get these guys out there and get them those rookie mistakes. Why we have a 17 year vet quarterback back there. Um, they're, they're the three, you know, Jesse Davis is a vet and he's good. Uh, his ceiling's not, you know, it's not that high. He can come in and and play well, but these the the three of these guys all have the potential to be great. Uh, what I've loved more than anything, and I want to give a big I told you so. I know it's only three days, but I'm going to do it already. Do it. Is uh, Austin Jackson has been killing it at left tackle, according to everybody that's gotten to watch. Um, there was reports today that he opened up a huge hole for Jordan Howard. Uh, he's just been doing really well at left tackle. Um, so, you know, outside of them taking a, a, a setback or an injury, and in, I did say the majority of the season, it's possible that for that first week or two, because there's no preseason games, we throw Jesse Davis in there to get those guys used to the snap counts and all that. But, I I say by week three, four, the three the three rookies are all going to be starting. I did hear about him opening up those gaping holes that you're talking about, mm-hmm. <laughs> Austin Jackson. <laughs> but no, for real, I think Solomon Kinley. I mean, the fact that he was that wild card, like you said, and he's the guy that it, I mean, from day one, day one, everyone was kind of raving about him. Ted Karras was just, you know, speaking high praises of him and. I think you're right. There's an absolute chance that all three could start. And if that's the case, then Chris Greer and Brian Flores, they got something great here because for how many years could we not draft offensive linemen? I mean, if Larry Tunson had fallen to our lap, if they didn't go after Jake Long instead of a quarterback, you know, offensive linemen is not something that get developed very often, you know, over the last decade or so. So let's just hope that they all work out because that's what Tua needs and, and that's what the 2020 Dolphins need. Mm-hmm. certainly speaks to the skill level I guess of our front office and coaching staff because I agree offensive line has not been something we have done particularly well so it's nice to see that finally turning around and at the perfect time because now we've got our quarterback I'm loving what I'm seeing I'm loving all of this and that segues us into it, the conflicting reports that we've been hearing about the running backs because according to Travis Wingfield Howard looks really good. He had a few good runs, but according to Omar Kelly, only Miles Gasket is standing out. And then as you had alluded to a little bit ago, Brita apparently also looks pretty good. So what are we supposed to make of all this? We know Omar Kelly, and I got to give him a shout out because I got to go down and be in the press box for that bloodbath against the Patriots in week two last year. I paid a lot of money to go down there and get Watch the Dolphins get their ass kicked. But Omar Kelly, you know, he introduced himself, and he was one of the few people that did that. So I have the utmost respect for Omar Kelly. And, I mean, this is just who he is. He's a heel, you know. We were talking about wrestling. We got our wrestling belts. 
Omar Kelly is a heel and he loves it. And I, I think I said something about rip your mentions. And he's like, you think I give a shit? Basically, he was basically like, you think I care what anybody says? And that's just who Omar Kelly is. He's the perfect heel. And that's what he's doing with this and the Tua. You know, we all see the reports he's saying about Tua. So it's just Omar Kelly being Omar Kelly while everyone else is going one way, he's going the other. And, you know, you either love him or you hate him. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. I actually did see that little, uh, <laughs> little back and forth between you and him. I thought that was pretty amusing. <laughs> uh, Brian, what are your thoughts? I think there's a little bit of truth to both. I think Howard, I mean, day three, you're not out there power running it. You know, you're not, you're not putting that your offensive line through that. You're not putting your running backs through that. Miles Gaskins is a shifty back. He's going to look impressive in, in situations like that. Um, you know, he didn't make an outlandish claim. You know, Miles Gaskin looked good in his limited his reps last year. He he way outplayed, uh, you know, Josh's cohort, Jake Mendel's favorite running back, Kalen Balaj. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why he likes. I don't know why he likes Kalen Balaj anymore. <laughs> I like to give him a hard time on that. You but uh, he, uh, you know, I'm sure Gaskin's looking good. He he's a shifty guy. Um, it's the season for that. It's the it's the time where you make a few extra moves and you're you're catching passes. Um, and I think it's maybe he's just bringing it out. You know, he said that about Rosen yesterday. And you know, I don't think it's there's some there's some part of me that thinks that he just likes to go the opposite way. I'm a contrarian. I totally understand that. But, like, at the same time, there was nobody a bigger detractor than Josh Rosen than Omar Kelly last year. Um, so, for him to be complimentary about Josh Rosen yesterday, uh, I, I, you know, I don't think he swallows his pride if he didn't actually believe it. So, it's nice to hear, you know, when you have Armando and Travis and, and K Cameron Wolf all saying the same thing, it's nice to get a, a different take and hear about a guy like Miles Gaskin. Um, so hopefully, like hopefully that. they're both right. Hopefully they're both right. I like that. Cause you know, maybe that's what he is doing too, is he's wanting to show the spotlight on the players that nobody else is talking about. Cause I think that's the first time I've heard Gaskin's name said all off season. So yeah, who knows? But, uh, speaking of guys that are kind of flying a little bit under the radar, how about Malcolm Perry? Apparently, uh, reportedly has transitioned to the slot has been smooth so far per Armando. I'm pretty excited to see how he does and how that transition kind of materializes. What about you, Josh? I heard you are a fan. Yeah, I like Malcolm Perry. And I know we're going to bring up the nickname. I jokingly call him the Swiss Navy knife because he, you know, he played at Navy, but I'm going to be completely honest. You know, you saw him throughout college. You saw that explosiveness. But who was sitting here, you know, I don't know many people that are going in the draft, you know, saying let's draft Malcolm Perry. And the Dolphins saw this guy. They went out there and got him. And he's, you know, this versatile playmaker that they can line up. You know, he can play quarterback. He, he can line up at halfback. He can play a uh, wide receiver. You know, he can do a variety of different things. He can even return kicks. So, I mean, he is literally an army knife. And, you know, we always joke and say oh, this guy, you know, is a versatile player can – you know, he's a, a weapon that can play all over the offense, you know, what, whatever it is, this Malcolm Perry, this is, this is who he is. And you like to see it, especially with Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson opting out. You like to see him stepping up in that wide receiver role. And uh, yeah, I'm a fan of Malcolm Perry. Me too. And it seems like when it comes to coach Flores and the players that he prefers, versatility really is the name of the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
per we I was actually reading a story about uh, Landon Roberts linebacker he also played some fullback for the Patriots I thought that was really interesting so as soon as I saw I don't know what made me feel that way but watching uh, Malcolm Perry in the all-star game that he played in something told me only he seems like a perfect fit for what we're trying to do down there and I was happy to see him come aboard uh, Brian what are your thoughts on it you you like Malcolm Perry yeah, I love Malcolm Perry. I'm going to eat a little crow on this too, because, you know, a lot of people were saying when Wilson went down that, or Wilson opted out that, you know, Malcolm Perry is going to be that guy at the three. And I was like, you guys, come on. He played quarterback last year. Let's, let's temper the expectations, which I still believe we have to temper the expectations. I think he's going to be more of a role player. He's going to have more plays designed for him, but I did a little research and um, Julian Edelman uh, was a quarterback and he was drafted by the New England Patriots and his first season play his first season playing in the NFL he had 36 receptions which I think if Malcolm Perry had 36 receptions this year that we would that would be a huge win uh, you know Flores had great things to say about him he just gets football his, he's he moves fluid Go, you know, he, he's not the fastest guy out there, but he doesn't waste movement. Um, he rips through the cone drills. So uh, he, he's going to be exciting, if nothing else. And, you know, uh, Josh said this on his podcast, and I really thought it was just genius. You know, Balaj did a lot of Wildcat last year uh, horribly. He, I don't think he handed it off once. He just ran two yards and fell down. But, uh, you know, we could bring back the Wildcat this year with Malcolm Perry and, you know, have all kinds of options. He could he could reverse it. He could throw it. He could run it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see the niche this guy carves out. I think, you know, I, I don't, you know, usually, you know, like we, we drafted Dowdy in the seventh round a couple of years ago at quarterback. We knew that guy wasn't doing anything. Um, when we drafted uh, Malcolm Perry, I knew this guy was making the team that, there was a reason we got this kid and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. There was one other seventh rounder. I felt that way about, and he happens to still be on the team. Isaiah Ford, big fan. Who's our next subject on the, who yes. we're going to talk about, right? That's Perfect right. Transition. Perfect. That was great. <laughs> and he was, he's reportedly the last off the, he was out there using jug machine, jugs machines after practice on Tuesday per his presser. And he's added weight. He's up to 200 pounds. He's added muscle. He's working hard with the nutritionist. Uh, he has, he made a bunch of catches outside of DVP. He leads the team with those catches. And I've been a big fan since we drafted him. It's nice to see him starting to like really work his way into I don't know about the starting lineup just yet, but it's nice to see him getting some playing time and he's becoming a favorite target of Fitz. And we were actually just talking about him yesterday, work habits and the fact that he is one of the hardest workers on the team. Josh, what are your thoughts on Isaiah Ford? Yeah, one of the first articles I actually wrote when I joined the Finsider was an article that I, I co-wrote with a guy I used to do a podcast with Aaron Sutton and we, we broke down tape on Isaiah Ford. We both came away impressed. So, I mean, I was a huge fan ever since then. Uh, he joked today that he never – he doesn't think he was healthy on the second day of training camp. 
throughout his entire four seasons. So he joked that he got through that. He knocked on wood. So I think we were talking about that number three spot in this offense. You know, maybe he steps up in that role, you know. We know Jakeem Grant's there. We know there's a number of guys that can jump up in there. Kirk Merritt, you know, we can go down the list and of the different receivers that could jump up there. But Isaiah Ford, I mean, from listening to him during his presser today, he just seems hungry, you know, and you, you love to hear that. He's the last guy out there catching balls on the jugs. I mean, that says a lot, and he's trying to go out there. And I think I looked it up. I think he's only 24 years old. So, I mean, what the hell? <laughs> Offensive <laughs> receivers, dude's young. Absolutely. And he is incredibly talented from the tape that I've watched sure. too. And I got the opportunity to, to review some of his tape today, actually a uh, little highlight reel that you put together, at least uh, <laughs> from the Jets game. And he looked awesome. great in that game. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, your thoughts. Yeah, I love it. You know, he, he did really well yesterday, but um, Preston wasn't, you know, in practice yesterday, but to come back out today, be among the lead, among the leader in receptions with DVP and Preston Williams there. That's impressive. You love the work ethic. Uh, and this guy's just going to work. And, and, you know, he's definitely somebody I'm rooting for. I secretly, uh, Kirk Merritt is my guy. I, you know, I like Isaiah Ford. He does everything right. He he's, like Fitzpatrick said, he's always exactly where he's supposed to be, uh, but he has a ceiling. He has that four-seven ceiling, you know, where you know a guy like uh, Gary Jennings or Kirk Merritt, they have that four-three just breakaway speed. But you know, obviously, there's there's roles for both those types of receivers in this offense, and and uh, you know, like we know something about how New England like to do things and what I'm sure uh, Flores is doing is he likes to change it up weekly. He likes to have, you know, big receivers out there one week and then the following week have burners out there and just the defense can never prepare for it. So I think Ford's going to carve out a, a nice, a nice role this season. Absolutely. And of course I've heard some of the receivers talking about how in Chan Gailey's offense, they're moving around a lot. So nobody's particularly locked down to one area of the field. And so we're going to get to see a little bit of variety out there in terms of who goes where. And I'm really excited to see the spark star flying. It's honestly the thing that bummed me out the most about not having the preseason, you know, aside from not getting to look at some of those uh, younger guys on the roster is we don't get to see the live reps, you know, until the games actually start. But um, I'm, I was happy to hear that he added that muscle because that was one of my concerns about him coming in was that he was a little skinny. So for him to be bulking up a bit, I think that's going to serve him incredibly well and should make the transition a bit easier should he end up uh, taking over that slot role predominantly. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, and you mentioned Gary Jennings and Kirk Merritt. I mean, there's no reason why both those guys can't also make the roster. So I still don't know how many practice squad spots they got. I, I still cannot figure out. Like, I don't know if either of you guys know the 16. exact. 16. Okay, thank you. Because 16. every time I go to look, I just cannot figure it out. But, I mean, I don't see why those guys can't all make an impact. And you're right. They're going to change it up every week. It's all about versatility. And I think, like you said, uh, they kind of touched on it and said in Changeli's offense, you know, there's a lot more creativity. It's, you know, there's a spot you got to get to, but how you get to that spot, you know, they have a lot more, uh, you know, ability to go out there and make plays. So it's exciting. And I think we will hopefully see it translate because again, the Dolphins need these guys to step up in a big way. 
the the I best agree. thing too about that 16 is this year we can protect four. So say we move Merritt to the practice squad, uh -huh. he's not he doesn't have to clear waivers. We can just protect him. Uh, speaking of that, we do have a voicemail. It's about a wide receiver. Um, somebody called the hotline. We went a couple episodes without having that. So if you guys don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna play that right now. It's for our friend Josh here. So if uh, yeah, I think hey, I can. Keith and Sarney here. Welcome, Josh, to the show. Sorry I couldn't be on tonight. The reason being, I'm kind of in a little bit of a conundrum ever since Preston Williams started returning punts again. I've been a little beside myself. I need you kind of right now, Josh, to talk me off the ledge. I'm right now walking down I-95, hitchhiking, seeing if I can get a ride to Miami. And, uh, try to convince everybody to not let Preston return punts. But... Uh, <laughs> Hope all's well. Uh, you know, good luck in your fantasy endeavors, and I appreciate you coming on the Fanatics. Talk to you later. <laughs> Holy shit, was that real? That was incredible. <laughs> that was real. That was real. He called and left that earlier today. <laughs> Damn, he nailed that. That was perfect. <laughs> I can't even say my name without messing up. That was that was good. I... <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was real good. Oh, dude, he's a trip. <laughs> Jesus, but that was great though. If he is hitchhiking down ninety-five, I hope he stops along the way because I I'm like ten minutes away from ninety-five. <laughs> and I, I unfortunately for him, I think you you already did kind of talk him off the ledge a bit. I know we touched on Preston Williams and the fact that I think everybody's in agreement. We do not want him yeah, fielding punts. It. Yeah. <laughs> I think don't the voicemail was left before Armando reported that he was not returning punts today, but it was still a good voicemail that we had to get out Yeah, there. very glad we got that in there. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that was, that was perfect. I don't, I don't really know what else to say to that. <laughs> I, I, I think that's it. <laughs> so I guess looking back at the secondary, we've been seeing apparently that – uh, with X being out, Noah Igbenogany has been moved to the outside, getting a lot of reps out there, while Jamal Perry, formerly what's, – what was his last name before? Wiltz. Wiltz, yeah. Uh, Jamal Perry, formerly Wiltz, has been getting most of the slot reps. So how do you think that's all going to shake out, Josh? Do you think Igbenogany would be the guy to take over as the de facto number two should X not be able to make, uh, make it back for week one? Yeah, I think it sounds that way, and I know we got to hear from Igbenogany a little bit ago, and you got to hear from some of these coaches talking about him, and it sounds like he's going out there, he's hungry. You know, he said Preston Williams, it was during his press conference, you know, he kind of made a snide comment, you know, Preston Williams caught a ball on him, and he seemed like he was still pissed about it. I mean, that's kind of what you want. Um, but I think we can't forget about Nick Needham, and I mean, he's definitely going to go out there and compete. You know, you see the videos of him working out this offseason. I think he's going to compete, but I think Igbenogany right now has that, uh, I guess the inside advantage to the, to it, it seems, but I'm sure like we, like we talked about throughout the show, you know, it's all about changing it up week by week. So maybe one week it's, it's need, need him the knowns next week. It's Igbenogany. Who knows? I do get the sense that it might change depending on who we're playing against. Cause For I sure. get the feeling that Brian Flores is going to want to line up certain, uh, certain corners against certain wide receivers. And maybe there'll be some variation there. Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a fluid situation. I love that Jamal Perry is is 
he, they, what I've been hearing is he's, he's been playing lights out in the slot. The other thing that it's been really good is Nick Needham. Uh, was uh, Travis Wingfield reported today that he made a huge tackle today. And outside of that, you didn't see Nick Needham because nobody threw at Nick Needham, which is the best thing that can happen to a cornerback. So, you Needham know, he's Island. doing well. Yep, he's doing well on the outside. Uh, Noah, Noah did, you know, he struggled a bit today. He, you know, I mean, he struggled against Preston Williams and Devontae Parker. You know, he, he's brand, he, a rookie going against, you know, big-time wide receivers. And I love that he took it personal. Um, but, I, th- you know, it's all this – I think it's how long is X is out. If X is not if, – if, if we think he's coming back soon, I think Noah starts moving inside and him and Perry start splitting those reps uh, with, with uh, Needham getting – you know, the, the second team reps behind Jones and, and Howard, but we'll see how it goes. You know, uh, there's one thing we're going to know about Flores, about cornerbacks is we're never going to know anything, right? Like he moves, he moves uh, McCain to free safety, wrote a strong safety, put Minka at strong safety. We just don't know where these guys are going. He knows what he's doing with corners it, he's got a lot of talent there, and it, it's it will be fun. <laughs> and you can't be upset about Igbenogany not being able to cover Devontae Parker because let's be honest, the defensive player of the year couldn't cover Devontae Parker. So Nailed that's it. right. <laughs> but it does speak to the competitive fire within him that he was still a little bit sure. miffed about. You know, getting that caught over him. You want your defenders, especially. I mean, you want all of your players really, but. Me personally, I want my defenders to have that piss and vinegar in their veins. You know, I want them to – exactly. I want them free if a play gets made against them. That's that's the way it should be. But, um, yeah. Josh, we want to thank you again for sitting down with us, man. I mean, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, man, this was incredible. Thank both of you, Brian, Savage. Thank you for having me come on. I mean, this was this was awesome, and I feel like I've known you guys forever. Just got to sit here and talk Dolphins football, and you know, hopefully, good things are on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Next I time, agree. next time we do this, uh, we're definitely going to cut my hair. I'm going to cut my hair. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> let's let's not get crazy. But next time we we get you on the show, we have to figure out who gets the belt. Someone only one only one can have the belt. I won the fantasy have... championship. That is a real belt. That thing costs a lot of money. I can't I can't give that thing up. <laughs> I knew he wouldn't be willing to. <laughs> Not that you have to give it up, but one of you gets to wear it during the show. We'll have to we'll have to think of Jesus. some kind of maybe th- maybe we'll do a DFS show or something like that. I'll tell you what though, the, the next time next time you come back, maybe we should all consider uh, cutting our facial hair off. Maybe oh, that damn. could be a good compromise, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. damn. Josh, Josh, thanks again for joining us. It was it was great to talk football with you finally. We've been we've been doing it for for months, and it's it's cool to finally get on a podcast. And and uh, you know, in this time where we don't get to live tweet every eight seconds about you know what's going on at training camp, it's good to to still be able to talk training camp with you. Yeah, for sure. Completely agree. And I, I wish we were able to go out there and, you know, go to the MetLife takeover and go to some of these games and, you know, be able to just go crazy, you know, but this is what we got. And it was awesome to talk with both of you and can't wait to do it again. Hell right, guys, yeah. fins up. Fins, fins up. up.